Welcome to Minute 29 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am the improbably named Park Parkinson, your host, and with me today is Jody Doyle. Hello. And Megan Sunday. Hello. And today's minute starts with uh, Josh wandering into Ty and Cher's talk in the living room, and Cher asked Josh about doing something. Uh, for humanity, and she and Josh uh, have some exchange barbs about uh, how Cher is using the, the using Ty or or benefiting Ty, and then they walk back in to Ty uh, singing along to commercials, which made some of us wonder about Ty's mental state, and <laughs> and then Ty makes her own. Um, I'm not going to say joke, but I'm going to say arguably smart comment. Um, I like when Josh tells uh, Cher that something good she can do for humanity would be sterilization. It's a, a little cruel. That was harsh. A bit harsh, <laughs> definitely. It's a very brother comment. Like, <laughs> really? I could hear I could hear a brother saying that to to someone in their family, to a sister oh, yeah, or another yeah. brother, like. Oh, but I want to do something good for the world. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't breed. Yeah, yeah. Are are siblings meaner in America than in <laughs> than in Australia? No, I doubt it. We're we're mean to each other too. It's just the way. I mean, yeah. I I would I would assume that I mean Australia a bunch of criminals. I would assume that they're. That's right. We just we harsher. just shank each other. We don't bother with lines. <laughs> it's just we go straight for the dagger. In See, the ki- and this is the kind the of kidneys. sibling. You know, I think I think of Australia as a sibling to America. <laughs> yes. So I say mean things like they're all a bunch of criminals. A very small, a it. very small brother that you can kick around. That's us. <laughs> he also goes for a, the really mean line of bringing up the mother, bringing up. Cher's poor dead mother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he suggests that the reason the reason Cher is is doing anything the same thing as he said before, that everything Cher does, Cher does really for herself. Mm-hmm. And so he says that, that she's rescuing her from teenage hell. And he says, You never had a mother, so you're acting out on that girl like she's your Barbie doll. That poor girl. I don't know, I think there might be some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It kind of cuts a little bit close to home for Cher, maybe. I mean, it might. I mean, I, I think it's also hard to gauge because, I mean, I do think that that's kind of a harsh comment. But she she definitely takes other comments from people harder that don't seem quite as, as mean. And you don't you don't really get a sense of how Cher feels about her mother. Like, mm. really, the only reference is early on when she shows the painting and says, oh, that was my mother, yeah. you know, and wasn't she a Betty? Later on, there's a reference to her mother that, that's made. And that's really it. She was very young, though, wasn't she? She doesn't remember her mum, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she says that she doesn't remember her. So may, maybe yeah. that's why it doesn't cut really hard. If, like, if, she, if she was still, if she'd already grown up a little bit when her mother died, it, it would be different, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But she does come back with, the... with freshman psych rears its ugly head, which is a... A nice burn. <laughs> yeah, she she hits right back. Yeah. She has a, a right response like ah, oh, freshman psych. Yeah, I like that. I like that she was she was quick to respond with something um, and was pretty well, good. And because it is, I mean, it's you know, this freshman psych joke is because you know it's a simplistic reading of of her actions, and I think that that's sort of true because I don't think that the the whole makeover instinct is you know necessarily because you know, she never had a mother. I think you know, I mean, that's like that's Josh being 
Like, oh, what can I say? It's going to really, you know, get it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also because he doesn't consider this to be worthwhile. Like, shared, I think, to a certain extent, genuinely sees this as something very good that she's doing for someone else. Because, like we said, we said before, you know, she kind of sees the whole world through her prism. And so this, she thinks she's doing a great thing, and Josh doesn't, so he's just going to be really dismissive of it. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's a serious guy who's out by the yeah. pool reading his Nietzsche and his black turtleneck and jacket and reds. Yeah, But why does he put mayonnaise on his turkey? What's wrong with turkey? Not on the turkey he makes sandwich. makes sandwich all weird. <laughs> but he makes a sandwich, he puts the meat on the sandwich, and then he puts mayonnaise on the meat that is already on the sandwich. I see no problem. I'm going to stand by my guess that when he... When he he made the pact with the devil or genie or whatever to be the most likable man on the planet, that the price of it was he would make his sandwiches all weird. I, I have right. more problem with the fact that he doesn't butter his bread, for one thing, and the other thing is he just leaves it all sitting there on the counter yes. when he's finished. Wait, wait, yes. wait, 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 we passed something before. You, do you, you butter your bread in a sandwich? You don't butter your bread on a sandwich? No. Like, usually if you're just making, like, a grilled cheese or something. What? I mean, the, no. Don't do that. Oh, but then you get no. it's dry, dry bread. No, that's what well, that's what God made mustard for. Yeah, our mayonnaise. I mean, but you know what? My butter. mother used to do that. She used to make my lunches ever when I was a little kid, and she would butter my butter my bread even when I was having like like bologna or something, and it's so gross to me. I hate it. Really? No, I would never. No. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. we. Well, that's how my mother did, and that's how I used to when I used to eat bread. But yeah. Before you, hmm. before you quit bread. Yeah, before before I became <laughs> some kind of paleo freak, which I'm not, by the way. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, I, I I had a note of that too. Is that I mean, part of it is because they didn't want to spend a lot of time in the kitchen with him cleaning up. I understand that from a you know a directorial yeah. standpoint, and also that you know he's still a teenage boy. But at the end of it, for all of his talk of how, you know, Cher is spoiled and Cher is this and that. I bet he's expecting Lucy to clean that up. Oh, I bet she does, too. Yeah, he does just leave a mess out there. Yeah. Mm. And how much effort would it have taken to just, like, take the turkey and the mayo and put it back in the fridge? Come on. <laughs> but I, so I, I agree. I agree. I think from her point of view, this is the, this is the big conflict in the movie, is, is what she's doing worthwhile to... Uh, to tie is, and I think, is the big question. This is asking: Is this a good thing? Is is she actually helping her life? Well, she and if she is, is the fact that this is helpful to her life a bad thing in and of itself? I honestly like the mm-hmm. the, the movie's pointing out big questions she, here. She makes yeah. and, she makes a very good point. She says, "I'm rescuing her from teenage hell. Do you know the wounds from adolescence can take years to heal?" Which is actually very true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can I can tell I can tell you from um, experience. No, I totally agree. I think the other side to that is that this brings up: isn't that a pity? Isn't it sad that you can you can uh, have a better teenage existence by being incredibly shallow, mm-hmm. by learning from someone who is incredibly shallow, who will make you better by mm-hmm. reading the worst books? Yeah. Uh, by toning your ass well, and spending lots of money on clothes, that these are the ways in which Cher is going to make her life better. And it, and that Cher's right. This will make her life better because high school is a horrible place where this is what matters. For me, it was about, yeah, exactly this, learning to be a chameleon, learning to like fit in and be cool. And like, yeah, and that's how 
it made getting through high school easier. So, yeah, maybe Cher has a point. I think this is the writers editorializing, though. This isn't Cher. This is because she'd have no idea. So, so they have their chat and they they bring up, but do not do not settle any of these issues. And yep. they go out and they see. I would say just how much Ty does need help because she is in the living room, sitting in all of her sweaty clothes on their nice couch. Uh, while the Mentos ad plays on TV, one of the Mentos ads, and she's singing along to the to the Mentos song. Mentos makes you makes you fresh and full of life. She has an expression of pure joy on her face as she's doing it. It's nothing could make her happier. Innocent. She's innocent and fun loving. I mean, everything. You know, her interactions with Travis earlier are so adorable because it's just like you know a couple goofy kids talking about Marvin the Martian. And I bet if Travis was there, he'd be like, oh, my God, you know, the entire Mentos song. They would be singing it all. They would be singing along together. They were they, they were yeah. made for In another era, the word I use might be simple. Yes. No. Or simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> I Fun think she's loving. adorable and I think she's very nice. I think she comes across as being a doof um, and 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 maybe a little thick. Um I, and a lot of that could just be ignorance. It could just be how how little she knows about the way the world works or has caught on to how things... But it, it really did remind me of uh, Dennis Leary's rant from Demolition Man about a 40-year-old virgin um, singing along to I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. And <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, uh, Ty's not a virgin. No, she's not a but, virgin. She is, but she is 40, we don't, we don't know that yet. We don't know. Jamming Spoiler. out on the couch... Um, <laughs> singing along to I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. Actually, we, I'm sorry, we don't know that yet. You know, she's a virgin yet. I, I recall from, from my view ahead. But I mean, I, um, I imagine that all of us, we're not going to, I don't think, could sing the, the Mentos theme song because it was just, it was everywhere. It was it ubiquitous. Was, it was, absolutely. I could. I, yeah, but I, mean, I wanted we to should. escape. Which uh, Foo Fighters song actually t- took... Uh, took the piss out of that video. I can't even remember. Uh, I remember their joke. Their joke product was Fudos, the Fresh Fighter, <laughs> um, and they got sued over that. I like the one where they they snuck into the the gig as a as a as roadies. That was cool. Oh man, the video had um, had the lead singer had David Grohl in uh, Pigtails. Hmm. Big Me, Big Me is the name of the song. Um, I just looked it up. Uh, Big Me. And that video is hilarious. Yeah, I love that video. They got sued over that, and I think meant... Grain of salt. My recollection is they got sued over that, and then uh, Mentos dropped the lawsuit, but it it really... It was was good for their brand. Oh, would have been awesome. Because no one thought Mentos tasted like feet because of the video. Hmm. And in fact, it was just extra advertising for them. Hmm. But those commercials, I mean, and it's amazing because they're still Mentos, but we don't get those commercials anymore. But they were everywhere. Yep. I don't think they need the commercials anymore. That's true. <laughs> we it's, all it's still all, know the song. It's all <laughs> embedded in our brains. Whatever advertising company thought of it is just rolling in so much money. Yeah. But that's another thing that I think really just cements you watching this movie into, it's, it's the 90s, mm. is that there's the Mentos ad and someone who knows it well enough to sing along. I can't, I couldn't tell, I don't remember which commercial it was. There were only a few. They were always in constant rotation. It's probably the one with the construction workers moving the car that was on a lot. I remember this, 
it ends with a dude. Yeah, it just ends with a bunch of dudes. Remember. You don't see what they're doing. Then it might be that. Well, no, because I know, think, uh, for a second I thought it was the one where he tries to get into a concert, but actually I think that might be the the Foo Fighters might song be from the music video. <laughs> I yeah. really remember. I remember the construction workers moving the car, and I remember the guy who puts paint all over his suit to make pinstripes. Yes, which that was for the his job problem. interview or something. Because like, no one's going to notice that his pinstripes look like paint, and that his they're exactly the same on his pants as on his. Uh, uh, as on his his, it was the nineties. Suits coat. were different. Cuts were different. Bigger. They were yeah. bigger. They had more buttons. I watched a lot of Frasier. The suit. should have. He should have. He should have had a zoot suit. Should have rolled around on the bench in a zoot suit. It was a little early for that. I mean, that was it, I guess I, was it a little early for the 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 swing revival. When did the when did the gap add? Well, come hang out? on. Real real big later. Fisher playing coming up in this movie so mighty mighty boston oh is it the boston sorry yeah yeah, yeah i got those so but no, I no, those real big fish is a much better band <laughs> i like the bostons come I'm on i'm just trying to remember when it was enough of a thing that i remember them know, making fun of it on daria i want to say yeah when 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 the brian setzer orchestra like when he made his comeback mm-hmm. um i think that, that was a little was later because there was a lot of that at my prom. I mean, it spanned a few years. Yeah, I, I want to say by like it, it was probably later than this. I probably more like like ninety eight, ninety nine, probably like the end of my high school time by ninety eight. I think it was. I remember there being an episode in Daria where they made fun of the swing revival, and Scott Scott's like comeback was part of that. Where Scott had been popular in the eighties. I remember like like Madness. Hmm. Sadly, but, no one uh, wears a suit suit in this movie, though. No, which is too bad, because that would have been, yeah. been cutting-edge fashion. I would say one of the things I like about this scene also is, sort of got to this a little bit, but how Cher is quick with the comeback. Mm-hmm. And Josh is, they have some smart, like, one-two in their chat. Mm-hmm. You know, He begins with a cutting remark, she opens up a question, he responds with something else meaner, she hip-checks him on the way out of the room. They're, they have a good back and forth that yeah. I really enjoy. Like they obviously know each other very well. Yeah. Mm. It made sense to me when I saw this, like, oh yeah, Alicia Silverstone is someone who will go on to have a good career. I thought she would go on to have a better career than she did. <laughs> I think because the, the only other, and actually we are talking about this a little beforehand, the only other... Alicia Silverstone movie I've seen besides Clueless and then I, th- I did see Blast from the Past though Megan you had to remind me that she was in it cause I totally forgot that she was the other she was love interest but was uh, Batman and Robin which I think um, mm-hmm. damaged her career mm-hmm. I found her really quite wooden in this movie but I think that might be the fault of the dialogue and the just the severe amount of voiceover um, like the dialogue is very clunky in places because it's just using trying to use a lot of words that yeah she doesn't seem to get him. I don't know if I would use the around. word wooden just because there's so much voice modulation and there's so much movement. Mm. See, I think she's I I pers- I think she's great in this movie, and I think that might have been part of the problem is that this was such a pinnacle mm. that when she wasn't immediately doing other movies that were either exactly like this or different sufficiently different to show her range. It just kind of, no one knew what to do with her. Mm. Well, that was, my problem with her and Batman and Robin was she played Batman and Robin, like, as if Cher were Batgirl, is how it came across to me. Like, when she goes, there's a scene where she goes down to the cave, and um, instead of being Gordon's daughter, she's 
Alfred's niece or something. Yeah. Mm. And she goes to the cave, and and Alfred had, like, programmed a computer program for her. Like, what if she finds the Batcave? And he prepared outfits just for her. Like, he, he already made Batgirl outfits in case his... He was really hoping, apparently, <laughs> that she would find the cave. And... And she talks to the computer like she thinks Alfred might be alive inside the computer. Like, she seems kind of dim. In the way that, like, Cher is clearly, like, I think she's bright. But Mm -hmm. she, you know, also seems naive. and, And, like, not only does she not get a lot of stuff, but she doesn't kind of care about the stuff she doesn't get very often. Like, whatever. Dismissive. And she kind of seemed a little bit like that as, as Batgirl. It's been a long time. I'm, I'm recalling through a lot I, of. A I think lot that's of an interesting. I think they're years, all but... in in Clueless. I think they're all very naive, which I think is part mm. of the kind of the charm is that mm. they're it's true. It's you true. know they 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 talk like grown ups and they think that their problems are the most important problems, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's high school problems, and those have the weight of the world when you're in high school, but. I think they're all just sort of, you know, certain things like things keep coming to my mind that aren't in this minute. But, you know, situations come up where when they're approached that they all just go, huh? Like, well, the the, the scene that we've, we talked about before with, with Ty making the comment about, you know, like, you guys have Coke? <laughs> I think both, both Cher yeah. and Dion are just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, of course we have Coke. This is America. When you say, like, the reminding about talking like adults and their vocabulary, and mm-hmm. I think Ty's use of sporadically clinches exact. And the reason that Cher looks so proud, the way that she's sporadically, I think she actually... Her, her, Ty's version of talking like an adult is exactly like their version of talking like an adult. It's like someone mm-hmm. took a freshman paper and then just... And took the thesaurus out <laughs> and changed a bunch of the $2 words into $10 words. Yeah. And that was it, which having graded many freshman papers is not entirely <laughs> unrealistic. I think some <laughs> freshmen do that. And I think they're share. Um, some of them are. Uh, or Josh, to be frank. None of the adults that we actually see in the movie, none of them speak that way. Mm. And two of them are teachers and one of them is a high-powered attorney. But... They're they're not walking around talking like that, you know. It's, it's yeah. They don't they don't use ten yeah. dollar words where a where a fifty cent word mm-hmm. would do. And yeah. they they all look at them like they're really kind of special when she when they start doing it. Like the adults just look at them and go, hmm. Have either of you guys seen like what any other Alicia Silverstone movies? I have seen the movie The Crush, which I believe was her, her yeah. movie that was uh, before this one, and it's sort of teen fatal attraction. Uh, where she falls in love with uh, Carrie Elvis, who is, I think, like a boarder or a lodger or something in, in her parents' guest house. And she decides that she will make him hers and goes about many wicked schemes to do so. And that movie really played up. I think the cover is actually like she's wearing heart-shaped glasses like Lolita and really kind of played up this, you know, teen nymphette seductress thing. I remember that box cover. That and, box cover is of her wearing the sunglasses, like, mm-hmm. peering over the edge, yeah. But I think his, like, face is reflected in the sunglasses, like, no! <laughs> and, uh, the various, her various schemes, which are, are all schemes that you think, that's not really how you make a guy want you, but, I mean, she's supposed to be a teenager, so. <laughs> but I, I, I remember her being good in it. I mean, it was your 
boilerplate kind of psychological drama thriller thing. Yeah, I think they just haven't found something really good for Alicia Silverstone to do. Have either of you seen Love's Labor's Lost? No. No, I, I never was, did. Was, I was going through her IMDb a while ago, and uh, uh, besides the the fantastic videos that she made for Aerosmith, which I, st- yes. I maintain... Those, those count are, as films. Those are Alicia Silverstone videos, um, as much as Aerosmith videos, and Liv Tyler and, and, and one or two. Um, but she played the princess um, in Love's Labor's Lost. I think that was a Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back when he was, I guess, going to do the BBC thing and just do all of Shakespeare. Um, and I, I have not seen it. She has such a good singing voice. It's, it's very bittersweet. <laughs> I, I, I will say one of the, one of the sad things about watching this, not to end on a depressing note, is I remember how, how adorable and talented Brittany Murphy is, mm. was. Yeah. And, uh, and how Definitely. much I enjoyed her and... And how much this character would have in common with Luann. They would be very good friends, I feel. <laughs> she was born in the same year as me, so we'd, we, we would be the same age. So you, don't, you should not feel creepy for how much you're, you're, you have to be checking her out. And I'm, yeah. It was hard not to notice uh, uh, Alicia Silverstone's butt when she hip-checked Josh on the way out of the kitchen. I'm now over twice the age that she is in that movie, so... I, oh. <laughs> unfortunately, it becomes creepy again. <laughs> I've made it to the point. I am. I am now. I am now twice the age of my youngest students. <laughs> uh, I hate getting old. That's a that's a On nice that, note to finish. Like triply depressing note. <laughs> we'll <laughs> call an end to this minute. Colin, what's do you, Colin either of you have anything you would like to plug? Sure. Um, my name is The Scrappy Sculptor on Facebook. That's where you can find my art that's made out of scrap metal. Uh, you can also hear me on this month's episodes of Turn to Page Podcast, a very awesome, I have to say, podcast where you read a choose-your-own-adventure book. And I believe, Megan, you have featured on a few of those as well. I have. They were awesome. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan, do you have anything you would like to, to plug or add at the end here? Uh, well, I have a, a blog that is, is on, on a break right now, but you can go back and read its archives. I recap V.C. Andrews novels at trappedintheattic.wordpress.com. And I have nothing, and I'm also not on Twitter. So enjoy <laughs> me here. This is where you have me. Oh, thanks, Herch. We'll say goodbye. Uh, say goodbye, Jody. Goodbye, Jody. Goodbye, Megan. Bye. Join us tomorrow for Minute Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast about movies. It is produced and edited by Darren Huston. Executive produced and hosted by Park Parkinson with my guests Jody Doyle and Megan Sunday. Follow us on Facebook at As If the Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.